strategy of many I'm going to give you. And the first one, obviously, is God wants you to be rich. Uh, just recap what we talked about last time. The second is if you want to be successful, you cannot have a dislike for people that are already successful or at least going to ask success. I see what happens so many times when people start out their own business and they go out doing what other people have never done before, maybe in their family or in their environment or their culture, and immediately get ridiculed by the people that are that are close to them and they don't understand why that's going on. So my, my message to you guys that are going after it and not letting you know things happen to you, but making things happen, stay the course. It's going to happen for you at some point. Um, I know it's very frustrating when your friends and family tell you that you're not going to make it. But listen, you're not going to get wealthy with your friends and your family. I mean, that's some bad news for you, okay? But it's actually good news as well, okay? Because why? Your friends and your family are just that, your friends and your family. And the minute you start mixing business with your friends and family, in most cases, there are some you know rare scenarios where family work together in business and there's no problem. But in most cases, you know, if you start your own barbershop and your friends came into the barbershop, are they going to give you more than what you asked for? Or are they going to ask for something complimentary or for free? Nine-nine times out of ten, when a family member friend come into your establishment to support your business, they expect for you to give them, at the very least, a discount. But in most cases, they're offended when you ask them to pay you for services rendered, okay? So why would you want to build your business with the support of your friends and family initially, Okay. Now, when you start now, right now, you don't have a lot of money to be given away to friends and family just so they can say you're cool. So what you want to do is in the beginning is maybe isolate yourself from your friends and families, the ones that are not supportive, that don't have your vision. Okay. And so that's just the standard to be successful in anything you do. For example, I didn't go to college. Okay. Um, I'm still street smart. Um, I have my PhD, my public high school diploma. I do have my MBA, which is my mega bank account. I would want to have a mega bank account too. Welcome to another episode of Making It In. Different personality. They have different, different interests, different, different things that they would be really satisfied pursuing. That's not encouraged. The, the, what's encouraged is go find a job. What's encouraged is go find some place that you can shove yourself into. Go find a square hole that you can stick your round peg and just fucking jam it in there and shave down the top and the bottom so you slide in with all this extra space on the sides and feel like shit for the rest of your life because you need a job, because you're in debt, because you have credit cards, because you have student loans, because that's what everybody does. And so you do it too. That's what's wrong. What's wrong is that we don't, like, we don't give, it's, it's like, we met, let them figure it out on their own. And it fucking takes forever. It takes, for, it took forever for me. My, the only thing that I had going for me was that I was crazy and that I had been spending most of my high school years fighting so that I was already so far outside of anybody that I, I was so weird. I didn't fit in anywhere. <laughs> But when we set goals, we have to make sure that we put them as attainable goals. Attainable goals. Don't set yourself up for failure yeah. as a business person. Okay. When you start a business, you're not going to always. Now, there are some rare occasions. You're going to like home run, knock out of the park, be a millionaire. That's awesome. That's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. And pass the love on to your neighbor when you do that. <laughs> but in the chance that you don't do that. Yeah. Uh, Which remember, is most of the times. <laughs> yeah. Every day that you're still doing what you love yeah. is an accomplished goal. Oh, I like you're that. working for yourself. I like that. So there was an old saying that um, 
this guy, he, he, every day he'd make his, um, his kid wake up and make the bed. Every day. Yeah. Buffett, um, you know, all these billionaires out there, they didn't become rich overnight. Yeah. They spent a lot of hours. So people should stop thinking that, you know, becoming rich and successful is, you know, a microwave solution where you just, you know, quickly press and, you know, stuff heats up or it's an elevator to success. No, you have to go through the steps and it took them many years. And especially now, you can actually accomplish that in a far quicker space. But you should not forget that you need to work hard. You need to put in the time. And it's not overnight success. Yeah. And, and, and for me, the one thing that has honestly kept me sane is my association. I don't hang around with people my age. I always hang around with successful, older people than me who really want to see the best out of me. They mentor me, they tell me their mistakes, they tell me what to invest in. You know, at times when you make money when you're young, you want to buy the latest car. Money on you, the know, you, know, you know what, Ty, you're actually making sense. Because you see, even, even me, I'm at the moment, I'm mentor, I'm mentor, I'm mentor people. I think I've got about 15 people that I'm mentoring at the moment. Oh, and most okay. of them, that's the problem, is the capital. But you know what I say to them? Get up and find a networking event where you can find like-minded people. I like that. Attend as many networking events and you'll find like-minded people. Some of them do have the money and like you say, partner with them. And some of these networking events, just even me when I started, obviously, we used to to attend like even four, four even more networking events in a week. Yeah. So from there, that's where we got contacts from. And some of the contacts that we have right now, the investors who invest in our company, they bring money nice and then we just do the investments and what they do they just hands off investors our company do all the hard work and these are people i met at networking events you see so you you just didn't stay at your house and say i don't have the car i understand what you mean but you see a lot of people yeah they stay at home and they think it's gonna come yeah yeah they don't have money so capital is a challenge but what are you doing about that challenge you, you need to fix that challenge. You need, you need to solve to, that problem. Of, go out there, <laughs> open open an account on LinkedIn, present yourself as, present your ideas, your proposal, uh, inbox people, ask for their contact details and ring them and, and, yeah. and present your proposals. Like, I'm Ta from um, Cincinnati. Yes, yes, from Cincinnati. <laughs> this is my idea. I can add value to you, bring value towards you if, if you can. Do, yes, if you can give me an do, do you know? Do, do you know how many times I've done that? <laughs> how many? advice that i have is just be yourself don't worry about other people who are in the track with you just do you if you think about what other people are doing you're going to fall and you're going to be so much under pressure so my best advice is just enjoy the race and (laughs) be safe Well, I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you something yeah. incredibly weird. Uh, we were immediately profitable. And that's because we started the business without okay. owning a farm. We started the business without even owning a fleet of cars to do deliveries. We started the business without, all we started the business was the flyer. We asked customers to pay us in advance 
and we promised to deliver the next day. And that's what the customers did. They sent their money to us using mobile money. We took their money, procured the produce, paid for delivery partners, and we delivered their food, right? So you can imagine, I, when I say very little overhead in the sense that um, we could already plan the pricing of our boxes and stuff because we're coming from straight from a farmer. We don't have to have the four, five, seven middlemen and uh, extortionary rates on our produce. We can give people... Go on video. Yes, because if you go on video, you have bypassed every barrier every everybody who can listen and watch including a president a ceo is gonna come and watch you yeah without any they don't have to go through a, a cell phone is strange because it goes directly to the person uh-huh. so you bypass the security guards the soldiers everybody you go direct to anybody you want there's no one in Zimbabwe who's never watched it. Yeah, I agree. Anyone who has access to your phone, they've watched you. Access to your yes. phone, if they do, they do know about you. But you, you know, you're so brilliant, and uh, and you know, they say if you. To you know, wherever is best suit for you, whether it's the valley, whether it's you know, uh, New York, you know, uh, whether it's like in Seattle, you know, I think there's a lot of places where you can optimize uh, at the early stage uh, based on your industry, right? So for us, you know, we're a SaaS company, right? So we're selling B2B software. Uh, so for us, we decided that being uh, based in Silicon Valley, based in San Francisco is most optimal for us, right? But if you were, let's say you were building a, a technology around, you know, um, uh, maybe fashion or, or advertising, I think New York would be a, a better place. Or if you were building something that is for, you know, obviously the African market, right? If your consumers or customers are African customers, then you absolutely should be in that in that place. Uh, so again, you know, ultimately, you want to build a global company eventually. So you have to think globally, uh, but think about what's the most optimal place early on for you and your customers. Um, but yes, number one, separate yourself and be unique, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Number two, uh, what should I, what actually should be number one, but take action, right? Stop, yep. stop looking for so many mentors. You know, mentors are great, but mm -hmm. you know, you're watching so many videos, you're watching, you're, you're reading so many books, um, when in reality you should just take action, right? Because you know, if if you if you don't if you don't do something and if you don't really get in in an experience business or if you don't experience um talking to customers and building a customer relationship like you're never gonna know how it actually feels like you know what i mean like that's the yeah. only way you can learn is by doing it so getting into it yeah True. execute and take action is number one is the number one thing that you could ever do is take action and pursue your passion always make sure whatever you're doing make sure to acquire it first 
So we acquired a lot and then we managed to sell them in university at high end prices. Oh, okay. So that turned out to be a good uh, a good business model. We made we we're making around 40,000 a month, which as a university student, you know, getting 40,000 rand. Go back I, to your example. I want to run a. I've got a cleaning company, right? Yeah. What I what do I want? What I want is people having clean carpets, and then they pay me for the carpets that have been cleaned. What do I need? I need all the heavy equipment and machinery, and I need the labor, right? Mm-hmm. So, so am I gonna sit down and be like, okay, where where do I buy the machinery? Because that's the conventional way it's done. Or yeah. do I need to buy the machinery, or I can hire someone and outsource the work to someone and just get the clients? Right? Mm. Yeah. That way, I literally start a business with nothing. Exactly. Except you know my own two feet, and then I go and look for clients and be like, guys, I've got a cleaning company. What do you need cleaned? Okay, you need this and that cleaned. Right. Okay. Yeah. No problem. Our people will come and do it for you. Then I go and be like, okay, you offer cleaning services. Can you go and clean at this place? I'll pay you this much. And I'll go and get my payment from the client. Right? Then, and then yeah. I pay this person. I settle my debt to them. I get my profit. What have That's I been achieved? My... I've achieved clean carpets for the client. That's been my business model forever, man. That's that's been yes. So for me, it's that's the only thing I can say. The last thing I can say to say. You making your income. Uh, To what percentage does the money that you make depend on you? If you're making, um, let's say, ten thousand dollars and you need to be there 98% for the $10,000 to come, then Mm. definitely you're totally different from someone who is making $8,000 but needs to be there by only 2%, let's say. So the first thing is how much of you is it required to make an income? And all the wealthy people that we admire, they have systems, they've developed systems, they've built businesses in such a way that their businesses can create the income without them having to be there fully involved. They will always have to be involved, but they don't really need to be fully, fully involved, like, you know, morning to evening, day in, day out, but they'll need to be involved. So one thing that we really look at is how do we help someone create leverage in their business? How do we help someone create not just a big income, but how do we help someone have a residual income? How can we help someone build up uh, his or her business in such a way that it gets to a point where they will still have to work, not, not really have to work, they will continue to work, but they won't have to work in order for them to, to maybe sustain a certain level of income. And if they want to increase their income to a whole new level, then they might need. So if, if you've got 200 buds, we can, we can add you 100 more and give you capital for like the feed and maybe to expand the coop a bit. But at the end of the day, we're getting like an 80-20 kind of split where we're making the 80 because we put down the capital at first. 
um, you get a, a a certain amount of that because of the profits because of course you're taking care of them right um, yeah but but that was the model we're going for so think of applied to something like a farm now so it'd be like okay we could give you seeds of x amount and some of the capital for the water like the irrigation and etc but when that crop is ready you know we get a, a certain amount of that return etc so, so now that that was the way now you know we we started to think about um, nafasi investments so with everything that we're looking into um into um investing and multiplying our money um mm-hmm. we we've got that long term view of you know this this will be a big vessel handling big money and big enterprise um, yeah. and the primary goal of it is to add value to you know the people around us by empowering them with capital so that's that's always been our belief um, we're tight friends till this day um, all of us as the you know core core um, the the core you know directors of this um, but now we're looking into expanding and so you know probably you know we could have a conversation on the side about you know what does this look like at scale you know could could every african yeah. you know could 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 you, could you tar cryptocurrency and blockchain has given us an opportunity to, to connect all of the world's financial systems in a much more transparent and much more secure way instead of using a network of banks to uh, pass money around now we can just pass money around on blockchain and so jack is right in that cryptocurrency is going to be the underlying infrastructure for pretty much all of finance uh, here pretty quickly and the first effect you're going to see of that is like the dollarization of emerging economies and then after that you're going to see people start to use more exotic cryptocurrencies like the ethereums and others for uh other purposes you know other other decentralized networks and games and e-commerce and digital goods etc you'll see that i think after uh afterwards maybe simultaneously but i think very important is to get who sit on the porch drinking beers saying well if i ran the world i'd do it this way uh-huh well guess what that's a great starting point okay so you, you know anytime that you know something well enough that you think they're doing it the wrong way it's time for you to do it yourself interesting i like entrepreneur so i believe in investing in people um okay so if um if i'm if i'm looking at a business opportunity the first thing i'm doing is talking to that entrepreneur and i'm watching for who they are i'm learning about what their history was whether it's if they've started other businesses before maybe if they haven't started a business before are they an expert in the craft that they're looking to launch that new business in so that's going to be key to me you know is that identifying that expertise if they have not started a business before like let's say this is their first venture but they're an expert yeah. in that craft i'm going to look for them to have a co-founder because i want someone who's failed at something before to quite frankly i i want someone <laughs> because who's starting a business is-
equity or uh, with revenue sharing structure. Um, and, and we've seen that that works best because, um, again, uh, it, 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 you, you have to, when, when you have a, a big staff, I've seen company going out of business because they run out of money. Yeah. Right. Uh, especially in the tech space, you know, tech, tech takes a long time to monetize, especially in Africa. It takes a long time to build a sustainable model. So you, you, you have to keep raising and I've seen people have huge teams, but after two, three years, they, they, they're unable to raise more money and then they close down. So I did not want to go through that route. So I structure my, uh, my team through partnerships. That's quite interesting. It's something new that I've learned today. And uh, so if I, we have to understand that dancing is not enough to make money. Okay. It's not enough. You have to work on your, on your leadership. You have to work on your spirituality. Mm-hmm. You have to work on your understanding. Mm-hmm. And you have to work on the business part. Of dancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this. Yeah. Obviously, there's costs for different things, and it depends on the type of business that you're building, right? So, in the tech industry, um, the expenses are typically around salaries, and you know, typically salaries, right? So that's like product and sales. So if you want to hire engineers, um, you know, it's going to cost money to do that. Or if you want to hire, you know, salespeople, it's going to cost money to do that. Uh, but with, with software, a lot of times, you know, people tend to have the ability to kind of build those things on their own, right? So uh, internally, our team, we, you know, I'm a software developer, so I can build the software myself. And sales, I can also do that as well. Uh, we work with, you know, some of the biggest multinationals in the world. Yeah. Uh, we've also been, uh, we've also been, um, very privileged in that we have had the opportunity to work with some of the biggest celebrities and personalities globally when they come to the African continent. Nice. And I think the, the next level for the next level for us is to is to be an example of a company that can produce world class work uh-huh. right from Africa, and to be um, starting to tell our own African stories and take them uh, to a global audience in a way that uh, audiences. Uh, enjoy it uh, for the quality of the work uh, rather than some sort of uh a lot of those no's aren't no's to you it's just maybe it's just not a good time for them yeah, yeah. Um, maybe they maybe you just weren't explaining the solution properly yeah maybe they're just you know they may not be the right person right like they may not be the decision maker so you know it's just Making sure that you get get as many as much like you said, just as, as many uh, opportunities in front of you as possible. Yeah, and you eventually find the right opportunity. Problem. It's an opportunity. Exactly. So now, given that I approached all these emergency responders, and everyone was like, you know, because this is the reality. None of them want to work. They all just want to make the money and sit there sleep. They don't want to help the people because yeah. they don't care. So now, as as entrepreneurs, we are the ones who need to change that. So I was I thinking, I would just go to the police, tell them this is my product, and they'll be like, oh, this is great. It's going to help us save lives. But then I realized, now that's not the case. They don't work that way. Now, yeah. given that I know how they work, I know how to tailor my product to the market. So now...
Okay, so moving on to the next question. A lot of Africans do not succeed to reach their full potential and are not able to raise capital on their own because they have to take care of other family members. What do you say about this? Because uh, comparing to American culture, which is more individualistic, I believe, we can there's afford, a lot of progress. In- yeah, the, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a person who would tell you Marx was right that economics is at the heart of a lot of things. It's not culture, it's not politics, yeah. it's not race or religion. In the end, what some call the structural functional approach it's the economy guys yeah i really follow that and you might think at first that african culture with its emphasis on the extended family etc you might is that you have to really look in this case you need to be a little selfish and look at what you want know what you want to accomplish true know that it's going to if it's going to make you happy and you have a plan for it have faith in yourself knowing that just because it might seem impossible for someone else doesn't mean that it's impossible for you. I like that. It's one of my new favorite <laughs> quotes. Yeah, yeah, I like that. You yeah. gotta be confident, huh? Mm-hmm. You gotta Absolutely. be confident in yourself. Absolutely. What does it take for one to become a blogger?